Welcome to the WrestleFam Talk Show. I'm Ron. I'm Bryce. And today, me and Bryce are going to be doing the rebooking of Starcade 1989. Future Shock is what they labeled that pay-per-view. Now, Bryce, 1989 was Daddy's favorite year of wrestling. Especially in the National Wrestling Alliance. They had five pay-per-views that year. Four were great. The Chi-Town Rumble. Wrestle War. The Great American Bash. Halloween Havoc. But there was one that was kind of a bummer. And that's why we're rebooking Starcade 1989 Future Shock. 1989 started off hot for the National Wrestling Alliance. Riggedy Dragon, Steamboat, Ric Flair had their three greatest matches of all time against each other, trading the world title. You had Michael P.S. Hayes show up as a good guy, then turn on Lex Luger for the United States Championship early on in 1989. The Great Muda made a name for himself in 1989 in the National Wrestling Alliance. The Steiner Brothers became a team. The Fabulous Freebirds added a new member in Jimmy Jam Garvin. They also started a feud with the Road Warriors that they had continued from various other federations or promotions. But one of the iconic things that happened is when the free, the Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team, they beat up the Road Warriors in what was called the Marietta Massacre inside of a steel cage. Flying Brian Pillman made a name for himself in late 1989, battling Lex Luger for the United States title. And many more. We're going to dig right in here. Now, when we look at Starcade 1989, I kind of put it together with three events. Starcade 1989 was sandwiched in between what I think are the two greatest Clash of Champions that ever happened. Clash of Champions 9, the New York Knockout, and Clash of Champions 10, the Texas Shootout. At Clash of Champions 9, the New York Knockout, that's where you saw Ric Flair and Terry Funk have the I Quit match. Clash of Champions 10 is famous for when the horseman kicks Sting out and he hurt his knee. I remember watching Clash of Champions 10 as a child, and I thought it was awesome, except for Sting getting hurt. Years later, I watched Clash of Champions 9, and I thought, wow, what a great show. Then I found out there was Starcade in between, and I couldn't wait to see what the matches would be. Come to find out, they did a round-robin tournament for some reason. They took four tag teams and four singles individuals, and they all wrestled each other during that broadcast, and it really didn't mean anything. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to keep the goal of what the NWA was doing at that time, but I'm going to make it into a pay-per-view that I would like to watch. The key thing that came out of Starcade 1989 was Sting joining the Horsemen when the Andersons accepted him after his match with Ric Flair that night. He would also earn the title shot against Ric Flair in early 1990, but because his knee got hurt and the Horsemen turned on him, he didn't receive that shot. So I'm going to kind of keep that where Sting... Keeps that title shot. He's joining the horsemen, things of that nature. One thing that really bothered me about Starcade 1989 was the great Muda. He had not lost a match 
And on this night, he lost three times. He would soon leave the National Wrestling Alliance, possibly because of this night. So we're going to change his mind because the great Muda should have stayed with the National Wrestling Alliance. They should have treated him better, and he should have been a top star for decades there. So we'll take a look at what Starcade 1989 was. It was the Round Robin Tournament. The Steiner Brothers, Doom, the Samoan SWAT team, who filled in for the Skyscrapers because of Sid Vicious getting injured. It was supposed to be the Skyscrapers, Sid Vicious, and Dan Spivey. And the Road Warriors. They all battled each other. Then for the singles matches, Ric Flair, Lex Luger, Sting, and the Great Muda. Sounds great. The matches did not live up to what it sounded like. They had to be short. There was tons of matches that night. In fact, Ric Flair beat the Great Muda in under two minutes to hand Great Muda his first loss. We're going to change that tonight. So what we're about to do is read off what me and Bryce thought of what Starcade 1989 should have been. Match number one, the fabulous Freebergs versus Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich. That's right. We have the fabulous Freebirds, Jimmy Jam Gart and Michael P.S. Hayes versus Hot Stuff and Tommy Rich. Reason we picked this match to start it off, there were a lot of great tag teams in the division of the National Wrestling Alliance. The fabulous Freebirds always seem to start a pay-per-view off. If you look at the history, they kick-started a lot of pay-per-views. And then we'll see in our second match, the singles match that we're going to have, that individual also kicked them off. So I think having those two back-to-back, -back, and you'll see who I'm talking about when we get to match number two. But first off, the fabulous Freebirds, they're going to face Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich. They're going to pick up the win here tonight, Bryce, on this show. And the main reason is... They want to bounce back. They had just lost the tag team titles to the Steiner brothers, so they needed a big win. They had defeated every top team that year, so they were top of the line. They're in contention, so what I want to do is have them beat a team that's kind of a makeshift team, but they had been teaming for a while. They had been losing to a lot of the established teams. They're going to beat them quick, and there's a reason why, because later on in the night, that's not going to be the last that you heard of the fabulous Freebirds. Match number two, Lime Bryman Pillman versus Mad Dogs with Sawyer with Dragon Master. Yeah, the Flying Brian was the wrestler that I was talking about earlier that you can kickstart a, a pay-per-view off, a big event off with him. Now, the reason we went with Flying Brian Pillman versus Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer was because at this time, Ric Flair and Sting had been feuding with what, with what was called the JTEX Corporation, which was Gary Hart's stable of wrestlers, which was the Great Muda, the Dragon Master, and at one time, Terry Funk. Now, what happened at Clash of Champions 9 is Terry Funk had lost the I Quit match to Ric Flair, and they pretty much kicked him out of the JTEX Corporation. Enter Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. He took his place. And the JTEX Corporation soon became Gary Hart International. So his international stable, since he lost the Texas part of the JTEX Corporation. Now, the reason we have Mad Dog is you're going to see him a lot battling in main events across the country and 
in non-televised events. And then you'll see him at Clash of Champions 10 inside the steel cage in the six-man tag against the Horseman. So you kind of want to showcase the Mad Dog because I didn't feel like they showcased him. It's almost like he just showed up since a lot of those matches weren't televised. The reason I got the Dragon Master out there instead of Gary Hart is because Terry Funk was on the announcer table on, on tonight doing the announcing. So I feel like he still has that hatred towards Gary Hart. When he was getting beat up, his, his ex-stable mates really didn't touch him. So I felt there was that kind of a respect between the Dragon Master and Terry Funk and also through the Great Muda and Terry Funk. It was mainly Gary Hart and Lex Luger who had showed up that put a beating on Terry Funk as they were beating up Sting and Ric Flair at the same time. So what you do here is you have Mad Dog versus Flying Brian. Flying Brian had been helping Sting, had been helping Flair. So you kind of want to still have that established that, okay, he is still feuding with this stable. Here's the new stable member. Now, one thing that I noticed is the Andersons had came back at this time. And when they came back, there were a lot more good guys fighting bad guys. The JTEX Corporation or Gary Hart International was outnumbered. So what I would do in this match is I would have the New Zealand militia, which is Jack Victory and Rip Morgan, come out and try to help Buzz Sawyer beat Flying Brian. Right there, you have two new members. It goes with the international name that Gary Hart's talking about. So you have two wrestlers from New Zealand. As they come out to try to interfere, that's when the Andersons come out to stop them. So you still have that affiliation between Flying Brian and the Andersons because they did team up a lot in six-man tags against Gary Hart's stable. I would say I would have Flying Brian win this one after all the confusion because Flying Brian should have been a top star at this time. And you'll see later on they, they ended up teaming him up with the Z-Man, and he kind of just fell into the tag team division and never took that step. So his matches against Lex Luger here in 1989 were pretty much his highest-profile matches that he pretty much ever had, except for when he was cruiserweight champion or lightweight champion, whatever title they had at that time a few years, uh, probably around 91 is when he became that champion, the light heavyweight champion or cruiserweight, whatever they decided to call it. But here, I want to establish Flying Brian. I want him to win. I want him to get the revenge. You also debut two new bad bad guys for that group. And Terry Funk has yet to see Gary Hart yet. So that's going to be a key element later on in this pay-per-view. All right, match number three, we have an eight-man tag. What do you think about that, Bryce? I think it's going to be good. Yeah, Bryce loves eight-man tags. So here we have Dr. Death, Steve Williams. He's teaming up with the Z-Man and the Dynamic Dudes versus Mike Rotundo, who happens to be Bray Wyatt's dad, mm. in the Samoan SWAT team, which was Rikishi. This was a young Rikishi. He was fought, it was Fatu Samu and the Samoan Savage. So three of the Samoan SWAT teams and Mike Rotundo are going to be the opposition here with Sir Oliver Humperdinck in their corner. Reason I picked this for you, just for you, Bryce, is they had a six-man tag. They had Dr. Death and the Midnight Express against the Samoan SWAT team at Halloween Havoc. I feel like let's up the ante and go with an eight-man instead of a six-man. 
Now, Dr. Death is in a feud with the Samoan SWAT team. He's beating them in singles matches consistently. Z-Man had battled Mike Rotundo at the Halloween Havoc. And the Dynamic Dudes, they're a tag team that was kind of losing a lot at this time. Yeah. Now, at Starcade 1989, even though the Samoan SWAT team had filled in for the skyscrapers, they came really close to winning that round-robin tournament. They looked strong. So that's why I have these individuals in here. The Z-Man, I want to showcase him. He has history with Mike Rotundo. He's about to start teaming up with Brian Pillman in real life of what happened in the NWA. So I want to showcase that. I want him to have a strong look, too, if, if I'm going to still keep them teamed up, which at this moment, as I'm doing this one, we're pretending I am. We could always redo 1990 later on. But right now, I want Z-Man looking good. I want Dr. Death looking good. Mike Rotundo is who they're going to look good against because Dr. Death's about to pick up a lot of wins on the Samoans. So I want the Samoans dominating the dynamic dudes. And that's why I have the bad guys winning this one as one of the Samoans pins the dynamic dudes. So still, like in real life, Starcade 1989, the Samoan SWAT team looks strong. The Z-Man looks strong. Dr. Death Steve Williams looks strong. And they can have a future matchups and future history. Dynamic dudes can take the loss because they really weren't going to do anything with Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. What do you think about that match, Bryce? I think it's good. Yeah, good. I know you like those eight-man tags, so I threw that one in there. Get, get, the, get the people something a little bit different than just the regular singles and tag matches. What if they had a ten-man tag? That would be even better. Yeah. We, it'd be kind of crazy. We would have to see who else we would add into that. All right. Now we'll just move right on into match number four. Now, before match number four happens, remember when I talked about this isn't going to be the last time you see the Fabulous Freebirds? That's because the Fabulous Freebirds come out. They have an interview. They talk about they don't know why the Road Warriors are receiving a tag title shot tonight. They're talking about how they picked up a victory against the Road Warriors at the Clash of Champions by disqualification. They don't see why Doom and the Midnight Express are about to go out there for that number one contendership match. Seeing that they beat the Midnight Express for the tag titles earlier that year in a tournament. And they had just defeated the tag team that Doom had beat, but they come up and they said, we beat them quicker. Doom has something to say. They come out and they talk about that it's their time. They want the tag shots because they're going to get that tag shot at the Clash of Champions 10. So you have the fabulous Freebirds in Doom arguing, setting something up. What I loved back in the old-style wrestling is they would have multiple feuds going on at, at that same time. So I want all these top tag teams just hating each other. And each of them have a reason to get a tag shot. Each of them have a good idea or say something that makes sense and make you say, okay, yeah, they deserve a shot. And then when somebody else talks, you're thinking, oh, well, they're right. They deserve a shot. That way you keep the Steiner brothers busy. So that's why our number four match is going to be the tag team of Doom. And at this time, they're in mass. So no one knew they were Ron Simmons or Butch Reed. They were just Doom one and two. They would lose their mask at Clash of Champions 10 against the Steiners. 
But here, Doom is facing the Midnight Express of Stan Lane and beautiful Bobby Eaton with Jim Cornette for a number one contendership shot. So I'm going to have Doom win. Surprisingly, on Starcade 1989, even though Doom got the shot at Clash of Champions 10 just a month later, they lost every match in real life on this night. Why? Why? I don't know. Yeah, you don't. Why would they lose if they're going to get a tag shot? Does that make sense? No. No. So we're going to have a win, and we're putting in, them in there with a great tag team that's going to make them look spectacular, and that's the Midnight Express. So Doom picks up the victory here. So they're the new number one contenders. Match number five. I think you like this one, don't you, Bryce? Yeah. Lex Luger versus Sting. That's right. Lex Luger versus Sting. For the United States title, there's the key element. They got a lot of stuff in common. They do. They were best friends. Yeah. And then Luger had turned bad this year, and he had started beating up Brian Pillman after matches, and Sting would come out and save him. So I say Luger puts the title on the line. Sting comes out victorious in this match. It's a clean win. No one interferes. And he gets the United States title. He gets the United States title, which means he's also the number one contender, which is a key element that I wanted to keep. Because we don't know that Sting's going to hurt his knee at this time a month later. So he wins that United States title. He keeps his number. He gains that number one contendership. And then he beats Luger. And it's going to be a great matchup. So that's why I chose number five as Lex Luger and Sting. Now, number six, who we got there? Steiner Brothers versus Road Warriors. With Paul Ellering. Yeah. For the tag team titles. This was the matchup everybody wanted to see in the tag division. But it was a short match. It didn't live up to it in the real life Starcade. But here, we have plenty of time. This is the dream match. This is the number one and number two teams. Whichever one you want to put number one or number two tag teams that ever lived the Steiner brothers and the road warriors for the tag team titles. I have the Steiners winning it. They won in the real life Starcade. Why not have them win here? They don't have to win in a dominant performance. It could be a, a clash of the Titans. It could be a, a roll up. It doesn't have to be a high impact move to put the road warriors away because at this time, the Steiners and the road warriors were collaborating together to fend off all the other bad guys. They even had an interview where they said, we're watching the Steiners' backs, and the Steiners are watching the Road Warriors' backs. So these are two friends, two friend tag teams going at it. You have the Steiner brothers win, of course, because we might not know it now, but the Road Warriors would leave about a half year later to join the WWF at that time. And you're just building the Steiner brothers up. They just won. What a great win. This was a match that needed to happen. This was a match mm -hmm. that did happen. But let's give them a better match and for the World Tag Team titles. And a longer. That's right. They get a longer time. Now, this is where it gets crazy. The main event. Nature Boy Ric Flair. Versus Great Muda. Yep. With who? With Gary Hart. With Gary Hart for the World title. This was the match that needed to happen at this Starcade. Muda kept coming in. He came in at the Great American Bash. 
beat Ric Flair. He helped Dirty Dick Slater in an earlier Clash of Champions hang Ric Flair, put bags over their heads, him and him and Sting's heads. Mm-hmm. He jumped Ric Flair at the end of the Terry Funk match at the previous Clash of Champions. Now, in house shows, they did this match, but no one saw him. The Great Muda is currently the television champion at this time. So what I would have, Ric Flair face the Great Muda. Now, here's where Terry Funk comes into play. He sees Gary Hart. He promises Jim Ross, I'm not going to do anything, Jim. You can trust me. That is, until late in the match, Gary Hart accidentally hits the Great Muda with the branding iron that Terry Funk used to carry. Terry Funk gets up and goes, not again, because he has respect for the Great Muda. He starts chasing Gary Hart around. After Hart had hit the Great Muda, Ric Flair pins him. So it makes Muda still look strong, but you blame that loss onto Gary Hart. So Funk's attacking Gary Hart. Muda's out. He's laid out because of that iron. Ric Flair can't even get up in time. And Gary Hart's guys are out. They're helping get Terry Funk off of Gary Hart. They're attacking Ric Flair. This allows the Andersons and Sting to enter the ring. Clean house. That way, you still have that ending where the, where the horsemen accept Sting into their group as horsemen. And the reason you lay the Great Muda out is I don't want the Great Muda fighting anybody. Because... In the next videos, or whatever we want to call this, the family talk shows that we do here, we're going to redo 1990. We got big things for the great Muda. So you lay him out. He's not in there. He's not fighting good guys. He's not fighting bad guys. He's knocked out. Terry Funk obviously is a good guy now. And you have a more of the bad guys because the New Zealand militia is out there helping the Dragon Master, helping Buzz Sawyer fight off the Andersons and Sting. And once the Andersons and Sting chased them away, they're in there with Ric Flair. The Great Muda slides out. The refs are helping him. And they show Sting. They say, hey, Sting, Sting's part of the Horsemen now. So it ends the night the way that it ended in the real-life Starcade. Yeah. you have anything else to add? No? They can't see you shaking your head? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was fun. I'm glad that we did it. Did you learn a little bit about 1989? Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope everyone out there listened and enjoyed this. My favorite match was the first one. The Freebirds? Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah, because I remember we watched the uh, Clash of Champions 9 together a few weeks ago, and you liked their red and black pants. Yeah. One had red and one had black. I liked the red one. Mm-hmm. Was there any other favorite matches? Um... Five, six, and seven. So Lex Luger and Sting, and then the Steiners and Road Warriors and mm-hmm. Ric Flair. Group, just in the Ric Flair and the Great Muda. Just mentioning those, that is just an awesome three matches to end the show. Yeah. It's a great way. Because Starcade was equivalent for NWA as WrestleMania was for the WWF at this time. And if you look at the history, it quickly just became tournaments, lethal lotteries. Cool concepts, wrong pay-per-view to do it on, I think. Anything else to add? No. No? All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this. I hope you listen again. 
and we'll see you next time. Bye.